Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is talk radio to thrive by. Thriving is what this is all about. We have got a great show, great, great show for you today. Um, you know, I want to tell you a little story before I jump right into, uh, you know, introducing my guests. Um, a, a number of years ago, uh, I was in a relationship that shocked me. It stunned me. And... I don't remember exactly how I got to the place where I discovered Imago therapy, but I want to say this. It was a time in my life when you looked around at the, at your world, at your relationships. You look around at the things you've said yes to. Maybe it's the marriages that you've said yes to. Maybe it is, you know, the partnerships you've said yes to. And you wake up one day and all of a sudden it just is not working anymore. And it seems like all of a sudden it's not working anymore, but maybe it's kind of not been working for a while. But there's a moment that you get to where you discover, holy, you know what, what have I got myself into? Why is it this relationship that I've been in? Uh, just doesn't work anymore. I didn't sign up for this. What is it that's going on here? Could I have made this kind of mistake? How the heck do I get out of it? And that begins the conversation. And, you know, today where divorce rates are just off the charts, what can we look towards? What can we look for? What can we look into to see what might be possible about strengthening those relationships, about understanding what happened in those relationships. And today, I get to talk with, um, you know, two folks that have been so influential in the world of relationships and doing it in a way that people like me 20 years ago could stop and think, what can I do to help our relationship? And if not help our relationship, understand what to do to leave it. Today, I get to have this conversation with all of you out there. Uh, we're going to be talking about making marriage simple <clears throat> with authors. Uh, and, and these are the folks that I want to introduce you uh, to because these are the folks that started a wave a wave of understanding about relationship and partnerships, and especially for me, um, was able to help me understand what was going on in my life. And for so many others, uh, they have been the folks that have opened up the door 
to allow us to open up our hearts. I'm speaking about Dr. Harville Hendricks and Dr. Helen LaKelly Hunt. Joining me here today, uh, it is going to be such a pleasure and an honor to have them here. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with their work, um, the, the book that I referenced earlier was Getting the Love You Want, a guide for couples and keeping the love you find, a personal guide. Uh, these are both New York Times best-selling books. But more than that, you know, this is a combination of coming together to explain the dynamics that are going on, to explain, oh, my gosh, what happened? That person I stared at across the room, that filled me with inspiration, filled me with with the absolutely hunger for love. Now doesn't look like the same person. Helen is also joining me, uh, you know, here uh, because they both co-authored Giving the Love That Heals uh, and Receiving Love. So today's show is taking a look at an understanding of what relationships are and what they could be. Um, I want to welcome both of you to the show, Dr. Ellen, Dr. Harville. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you on the show today. I'm so excited about what we're going to be talking about here. Well, thank you for having us. We're excited about it, too. It's our favorite subject. Well, you know, it's interesting, and I, I think I want to start out with a conversation about your, your personal journey, and I want to e- ask each of you um, a, a, a question. You know, here we are, and you guys, I think, heard me just mention, you know, my own journey and, and discovering you in New Jersey uh, and working with someone that had been through your programs, that had been, you know, somebody that could counsel others. What has changed in each of your lives since those days uh, where the discovery was made? And now after countless radio interviews, television interviews, Oprah, best-selling books, uh, thousands of workshops and seminars, what has changed in your life? How do each of you reflect back and become your own counselors in the journey of love and relationship. And Dr. Harville, why don't you start? Well, thank you. Um, And I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Pat, for your own vulnerability in uh, sharing uh, with us and with everyone listening uh, who you are in your own relational journey. And you're honoring what what I was telling Helen, what an amazing introduction uh, to uh, to bring us to your audience with such dignity and respect. And so thank you. I want to start off by thanking you for that. Oh, you're um, welcome. And, and I have to thank you because many people listening to the show uh, may be in a place of hopelessness, may be yeah. in a place of despair. And what we're about to talk about in the body of your work will really ease the pain in many, many ways. So thank you. Uh, you're so welcome. And to answer your question about what has changed in in our lives and in my life, and relate, I assume in relate in our own in our marriage in relation to each other, um, I, I think that the major change, uh, Helen, uh, and you you can you, you may have a different one, but may chime in on this, is that we discovered the power of of, of surrendering and the value of surrendering. Uh, what we now call negativity. 
uh, negativity being a kind of, um, uh, I, I was talking to somebody this morning and I, 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 I got this image that negativity uh, for many people, and it was true in our relationship, is a kind of, if you think of a forest, the, um, the ground is sort of negativity and the trees are the problems that negativity shows up in that most couples uh, deal with, like, you know, the, the problem is sexuality or parenting or money or time. But underneath those specific trees, those specific problems at the, the ground, there is a kind of negative attitude and judgment of each other and putting each other down and criticizing. And this becomes, we discovered, more uh, erosive of a relationship than the actual problems themselves and that the problems themselves are really expressions of the underlying negativity. So what Helen and I did many years ago, and uh, I want uh, to, to leave uh, a part of that story for Helen to talk about because she does it so well, is that we discovered this underlying quality in our relationship and we took uh, drastic pains to change the, the foundation from negativity to uh, appreciation, to acceptance, to curiosity, to all the things that make sense. But, but we're just sort of lying around there as the base. So what that did for us in removing negativity was that it brought something to our relationship that we'd not had before, which was uh, a sense of safety. Uh, and what we discovered is that when you feel safe in a relationship, then you feel you have a sense of connection that's very different from just relating, that that the relating moves into a kind of being with and being for and being behind each other and sharing with each other. And with that comes um, a joy that we had not felt before, which couldn't happen until safety was created, and that couldn't happen until negativity was removed. So I think the biggest change is that we monitor these moods, these attitudes, these tones, and make an effort to keep our to keep our relationship free from um, from negative transactions, negative interactions, and even negative thoughts. So that'd be my my uh, short version of that. Helen, you want to pick up on that? Yeah, I love what you just said. This is going to be such a great show. I mean, I love that you've come out with the book, and we're going to talk about the book for in, in a minute. But we're actually talking about negativity in a way that affects us at a very deep level. And, you know, um, most of the books that are out there these, these days talk about ne- negativity and talk about thinking, but don't talk about the dynamic nature of it the way you both have. Helen, what was this like for you? Uh, I think I'd preface a comment on negativity saying that the first thing we truly absorbed in our own struggle uh, was a sister to how you described what happened in your relationship, that you think it's all great and you wake up one day and lo and behold, it's like, whoa, this person is a jerk. Like, like I, I... there, I'm married to a real jerk, and, 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 and they tricked me. They, you know, when we were dating or, you know, in the early years of our marriage, they acted as if they were such fine people, and they're actually something else, and I'm stuck here. And the, the number one thing to remember in moments like that is every relationship goes into that valley. 
and, and that there's a myth in our culture that if you're struggling in your relationship, maybe you're married to the wrong person. So you should think about divorce. It, it's a myth to think that marriage is happily ever after, that all marriages go through disillusionment and despair. So if you ever are in that valley, join the human race. You've got a lot of people who, who know what that's like. And the second thing then to remember is that when you're in that valley, something really exciting and powerful is trying to happen in your relationship. And for us, it caused Harvel and me to dig deeper. Uh, I like the way you've just said that we're going to move into a deeper layer of understanding relationships. And we really began to focus on the root problem, which was um, the fact that negativity, which had crept into our relationship. Now, I thought I was, I thought constructive criticism was helpful. And I thought Harville would like my yeah. relentless, relentless analysis yeah, of all for me. <laughs> that, uh, how he live a better life. Thank I mean, you. I, you know, I was only helping him become a better person, and I actually thought he should thank me every day for my suggestions on how his character could improve. But that wasn't how it fell on him. And negativity creeps into a relationship, and you do have to make an absolute commitment to zero negativity. I love this. This is really, uh, and you know what, zero negativity, we're going to talk about that when we come back from break, because it's something really cool. Well, actually, everything you said is really cool, because I know that in my own personal relationships, I've experienced it all. One of the things that I want to talk with you about as well is in this journey, in, in, in the work that you both do, there are a couple of key points and guidelines that I had to learn along the way. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about them. One of them I found to be extremely interesting and extraordinarily difficult to do when we come back. I bet you can't wait to hear what that is. And I'm saying there's not just one of them. There's a few. But this one in particular, this one I think everybody is going to relate to. You guys out there, this is a great show. I know we're talking to a lot of you. You hear us. You're looking at your relationship. And you're thinking, boy, that's me. What do I do though? Where do I go? Marriage made simple, uh, making marriage simple. That is uh, the name of the book. My very special guest, Dr. Harville Hendricks and his amazing wife, if I might say so, Dr. Helen LaKelly Hunt. Feedback and all. Don't we just love that feedback, folks? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Want to know what the best kept secret in Access Consciousness is? It's the Access Gold Club. Demanding more change and the latest and greatest, but can't always get to all the classes you desire? Let Gary and Dane come to you. Join the Gold Club and each month you'll receive a 60-minute live call, a weekly email on the month's theme containing the latest clearings in written form, and an MP3 loop. Twice a month, receive a brand new video with Gary and Dane. How does it get any better than this? In addition to receiving a CD format of the monthly call mailed to you, 
you'll also enjoy a surprise bonus gift. Be in on the secret. Join today at www.isnowthetime.com slash special dash tips. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Successful people accomplish what they set out to do. They make a promise and work hard to keep their word to themselves and to others. Keeping one's word is the simple idea behind a breathtakingly new way to achieve more. Keeping your word is a practice developed by Vladimir Gerasichev, a life coach and business trainer with over 20 years experience. Visit KeepYourWord.com to learn more about the transformative technique and check out the free Keep Your Word app, Keeping Your Word, Changing Your Life Forever. Tune in to the Sandy Brewer Show, getting to the heart of what matters in your life. Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and experience the powerful healing voice of Dr. Sandy Brewer, one of Colin Talk Radio's most dynamic, compelling personalities. Get ready for inspiration and contagious humor and her been there, done that, no-nonsense advice to meet today's challenges. Listen and call in at 800-930-2819 for the Sandy Brewer Show. Call the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basili is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T H E D R patshow.com for listening times in your area. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you back. I want to welcome you back to the show. For more, for more information about us, uh, please go ahead and go to the drpatshow.com or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. Um, I know many of you listen to the show. You're probably at work. So we've created a way for you to get questions to us, comments to us. Um, take a moment. Go to b- both the drpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com. And on the right-hand side, you're going to be able to see a way for you to drop in your question. We're going to get it on the show and uh, do the very best we can to help you uh, regardless of where you are in your relationship because we've got two of the very best joining us here today. Um, and as I've said before, my own personal experience uh, over 20 years ago in relationships um, has helped me understand some of the dynamics that uh, both uh, Dr. Harville and Dr. Helen are going to talk about today. But one of the things that I think is so important is to be in a place right now where you believe and feel that there is hope, 
that there is something that you might be able to do, and we're going to talk about that. Making Marriage Simple is their latest book. Thank you both for joining me here today. Uh, This is so amazing um, what you've been able to put together and sharing your own experience. So thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for having us, Dr. Pat. One of the things I said before the break, kind of funny, um, as I think about it now, is one of the first things I learned in, in, in this work from you both is this idea of closing all the exits. And I want to take a minute and talk about that because, you know, the, the therapist that I worked with at the time said nothing else is going to happen unless we do that. Here you guys were in this relationship and you wake up one day, and truly, that's how it seems. And you're looking at each other, and you're like, oh, this is not working. Can you explain the power of closing the exits and why that is something that came out immediately in the work that you, that, that you both put together, and why is it so important? Well, um, yes, well, closing the exits is a... Uh is a, both a concept and an exercise. And <clears throat> the concept is that um, many couples have um, issues, and the, rather than uh, deal with those issues in a you know, vulnerable and straightforward and kind and, and effective way so that they solve them, uh, the issues uh, are not addressed. Uh, so the energy in the relationship begins to dissipate because you take your um, your needs outside of the relationship, either through getting needs met through other people or through other things, or simply just to avoid being in contact. Like, you know, one of the favorite examples that, that I use is, <clears throat> is the guy who goes golfing on Saturday morning um, and his wife has, you know, already said, you know, we need to be together today to work in the yard or do something or spend some time together. So he says, well, I'll, you know, I'll just do nine holes. And then he does 18 holes and comes back mid-afternoon sort of when it's too late uh, to spend much time <clears throat> with the partner because something is structured for that evening. And so what we discovered was these behaviors of avoidance uh, are, are exits from the relationship, exits from solving it. Well, we also found that there were not only exits of avoidance, but exits of escalation in which instead of coming to your partner with something like, um, you know, I really want to visit with you and spend some time with you and care about you, <clears throat> you would come with um, with negativity, with criticism, with you never talk to me, you're never there, we never have any time together. And, and, they, and, and that person often thinks they're trying to make the relationship work, but actually they are preventing the uh, intimacy from happening that they want to happen. So what we discovered is that all couples, and this is the dynamic piece of this, that all couples paradoxically want intimacy and fear intimacy. And the problems that people have in relationships, couples have in relationships, are often intimacy managing uh, problems, or put it another way, uh, they manage their anxiety about intimacy by having and discussing and interacting with problems or or exits to prevent the experience of intimacy from happening. So in order to um, move the relationship forward and out of that defensive posture 
which is, you know, e either escalation or avoidance, uh, it's necessary to say you have to close off all the exits. Or what that means is bring all the energy into the relationship that belongs in the relationship so that the relationship can, um, you know, can break up all those patterns so the relationship can move toward growth and healing and intimacy. And most couples don't do that. And then after a while, as you were saying, you notice that uh, there's no energy in the relationship anymore. Uh, or, or the only energy there is negative energy. And so then now the exits have won, and you then take the, the other great exit, which um, Helen and I both did in our first marriages of exiting the relationship through divorce. So the problem of doing that is that the problems don't go away with the exits. Uh, it's when you get back into another relationship. The same demons that didn't get conquered show up in the next relationship. So that's fundamentally what exits are about, to close them so that you can see clearly where all the anxieties are and what has to be done in order to regulate the anxiety. Because it's anxiety that destroys relationships. Managing that is what our defenses do, but we need to manage our anxiety consciously. Does that help with the with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, this is, you gave a perfect example because, you know, it, you, we, we do this all the time. You know, there's much has been written about what we do to avoid things. And, yeah. you know, it shows up either very obviously or very subtly. And, you, you know, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes it's easy to see those things in a relationship because they're right in your face. They're obvious. But yeah. there's also this subtle negativity. Yeah. And, you know, invisible negativity and I, I want to talk about that for a minute uh, because it, it, somebody said to me once you know you could get hit over the head with a sledgehammer or you could slowly be put in cold water and turn the heat up and it becomes a slow burn but either right. way you're gonna you're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you're going to die. And, and so I want to talk about the invisible negativity and, and, you know, what does that even mean? How does that show up? Because that's a new term for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Helen, maybe you want to take that? Well, um, first you establish the definition of what negativity is um, in your relationship with each other and the definition of negativity is anything uh, that your partner experiences that makes them feel unsafe or that's an ouch to them and or anything that your partner does that makes you feel unsafe. So uh, you don't find the definition of negativity in a textbook. Uh, a joke to one person can feel like an ouch to their partner. Um, and as I alluded, tr someone trying to be helpful can feel like an ouch to someone else. So you establish that as a guideline between you. And you do so because what both of you are longing for in the relationship is safety. Uh, and any negativity brings anxiety, which ruptures safety, which ruptures connection. So it's a beautiful art to learn um, how your partner is experiencing you. I love what you said about you don't know what we don't know what we don't know. And if we right. listen, 
<laughs> if we listen to our partner's ouches, we will uh, learn, we'll go into a whole new universe of how our partner is perceiving us and feeling with us. And it's a beautiful opportunity to learn to grow, to become attuned to another person who we've chosen as our partner. The thing that this is so fascinating about this is that, you know, we do look towards getting things, uh, you know, getting things resolved at what we think, by the way, what we think is the going to bring us the least amount of pain. But little do we know, and I want to get back to this when we come back from break, little do we know that, you know, where we leave a relationship, quote, unresolved, uh, comes back ten. Fold. Some people have said, you know, if you don't get it right in this lifetime, you're going to have to get it right when you come back. Most people say, how come this demon keeps following me from relationship to relationship? You know, what's up? Can I get a breakout here anymore? You know, it doesn't even matter. Match.com's not helping me. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at what we can learn what is it about these bonding relationships that make us so juicy and yet sometimes so absolutely miserable. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I've got a couple of questions that have come in from folks here. So don't worry. We're going to get everything up. We're going to talk about what some of the truths are and what some of the truths are not. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. and consciousness. People just like you who want to shift and change what isn't working for them. Who want to shift and change what isn't working on the planet. Questions. That's about shifting and changing whatever isn't working for you. Consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. Questions and consciousness. A telecall with like-minded people from all around the world, which gives you the place and space to ask what isn't working for you. For more information, go to questionsinconsciousness.net. That's questionsinconsciousness.net. Are you a health-conscious, spiritual woman who is just tired of struggling with food obsession, emotional eating, and constantly having to struggle with weight and food? You aren't alone. The secret is within us, often in releasing internal resistance and blocks to our own success. To learn how to end the war with food and your body now and find peace, go to eatlikeagoddess.com for your free audio. Break free from food obsession and lose weight without trying. That is eatlikeagoddess.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Did anyone teach you to be a parent? What if there were tools that could make your job a whole lot easier? Glenna Rice invites you to be the questionable parent you truly be in a dynamic teleseries designed to empower parents to know that they know and give you the awareness required to create ease and joy between you and your children. Check out GlennaRice.com to learn more and to book a private session. Or dial 415-235-2807. 
Tune in each Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com to Inspired Action Radio with Jennifer B. Mastering the art of dream building in the real world. This hit show will inspire you to start painting the canvas of your life and bring your unique spirit and your amazingly intelligent mind together to find an incredible, practical, real-world strategy to building a life with epic results. Tune in to Inspired Action Radio with Jennifer B. Laura Longley is on a mission to remove stuckness from your life for good and replace it with happiness. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For The Laura Longley Show, where authentic change takes flight. Say yes to that inspired you and goodbye to your stuckness as Laura and her guests deliver powerful ways to work through common problems in this fun and unique hit show. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. I want to just make sure all of you know that you can get a copy of this book on Amazon. Uh, I want to make sure you check it out. Uh, joining me here today, as I said before, um, you know, are two amazing people that you don't do more than just commit their lives to making sure we get the best tools we can in our relationships. But they're a living example of how to implement those tools and what it means. Making Marriage Simple is the name of the book. I want to make sure that you all out there have the website. It's real simple. It's makingmarriagesimple.com. Just go check it out. You'll get to meet, um, you know, both of the authors from the website, uh, Dr. Harville Hendricks uh, and Dr. Helen LaKelly Hunt joining me here today. And so this is uh, an amazing conversation. Thank you both again for joining me here today. I, I want to kind of get to the, you know, get back to some of these truths uh, that we talked about, but also this pattern of lingering disappointment, you know, and it's almost like it seems cumulative. So, for example, and I hope, you know, that you can talk about this. We end this relationship. We leave it. We're out of it. Not quite sure what happened, but we're grateful to be rid of it. The next thing you know, we are in that next relationship. And what happens is all of those things that were from that other relationship seem to come, you know, to the forefront quicker and more magnified. And I'd love for you to talk about this because in the terms of negativity, you think it can't get any worse than this and then it does. So what's up with that? Well, the, that has to do with uh, what we call the selection process. How do two people get together? What, what are the uh, attractive, attractors in relationships and so our core theory about uh, selection that we have, I think, confirmed over the past uh, 30 years of working on this is that um, the, the demons return because they're connected to unresolved issues in childhood with our caretakers, whoever they were. They may be our parents. They may be other significant people, 
like in my case, my parents died. So my issues are not only with them disappearing, but with uh, the people who, uh, with whom I lived after that. So that the needs not met in childhood with the caretakers don't go away because they're a part of the, of the um, architecture of the brain, the architecture of memory. Um, and, and, and in childhood, those needs are connected to survival. So they become a part of, of what we would call the eternity of the mind. They're not connected to time. So they stay there waiting for uh, an opportunity to be met, but they can only be met by somebody similar to the people with whom they were frustrated, i.e. your caretakers. So in, in when, we, when we grow up and we are in the search and find mission, and we find ourselves, uh, you know, eyeing the person across a crowded room and like move to them like moths to the flame. And we're just so excited and, and the, to be with them, to meet them and to know them. But what we don't know is that that person will behave or may have traits that will activate memories that we had from childhood of needs not met. In other words, we are actually attracted to someone similar to the negative traits in our caretakers. This is a paradoxical and counterintuitive awareness, attracted to them, and from them will expect needs to be met that weren't met in childhood. And obviously, they're not going to be met because this person is similar to your caretakers with whom they weren't met. And that's what ends romantic love in relationships and leads into the second stage, which we call the power struggle. Now, that may sound like a crazy setup. And in some ways, Helen and I have often wondered, why did nature or God or whoever set up life, set it up that way. But what we discovered is that it's the perfect formula, the perfect recipe for personal healing and growth, and that people are usually brought together who have similar sets of needs, different ways they deal with those needs. And if those, uh, if those two people could become aware that uh, there's a potential here for the deepest and most profound growth and healing, then they would stay together and work that out. But most couples don't. They begin to use what we call earlier as exits, which can be church or, or uh, children or good things or bad things or affairs or, you know, any number of things to not engage in the relationship so that the relationship becomes a catalyst for personal growth. And Helen, you want to add anything no, to that? No, I think you said that beautifully. Yeah. So that's, that's why the demons return. And until the needs get met in an adult relationship, if you go on to the next relationship, the demons are going to show up again because the mind cannot release an unmet need from childhood until that need is met. Well, I guess I will add that um, I lived for years when these demons were there wishing Harville would wake up and realize yeah. what, what he didn't know. Like, he, he obviously didn't know he didn't know some things. So I kept looking at my watch, you know, waiting for him to get with the program. And, you know, my my own, uh, aver, you know, avoiding behavior would get a message to him, and he'd one day change, thank goodness. And what I learned was the excitement came when I started looking at my stuff. That I, I, that's how I have become a strong, power, per, powerful person by really working on my own stuff and figuring out that, um, that I needed to learn to, uh, work on my own analysis of things. The, the phrase, you can't change your first thought, but you can change your second thought. Uh, I needed to learn to retrain my brain 
on how I respond to horrible. And I needed to dig deeper into my own spiritual resources. And my frustrations with horrible became a gift to me because I got to grow. Well, this is really, this is really kind of the discovery of this. And, and I, this really kind of, this also leads to the conversation on negativity that I would love to chat with you about because, oh my gosh, it's so true. I'm not negative. You are. Yes. It's not me. I mean, look at me. I'm the shining ray of sunshine. I, I, I love my world. I love my life. Can't be me. It must be you. But negativity is insidious. I mean, isn't negativity something that is very, very difficult to define, but yet we can feel it. Um, we feel it in our in ourselves, but it's very hard to admit to it because don't you think part of the problem is we don't know what to do with it. We don't know how to change it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, exactly right. That it's insidious, that it's uh, often subtle. We don't identify ourselves as being negative. We see negative coming at us, but don't see us putting it out. Well, I can tell you what Harville and I did with it, if you're interested. Yes. We put up a calendar in our on our medicine cabinet. We scotch-taped it to our mirror. And... Um, every night before we went to bed, we reflected, did either of us experience the other as negative? And if there was any negativity in our relationship, we put a frowny face. We had gone to the drugstore and bought little stickers. And if either of us exceeded, <laughs> it's, it, you know, we have several advanced degrees between us, and we've read almost every relationship in book in the culture, and, and yeah. we've written several. And but it took going and to something very simple, using frowny faces and smiley faces, and trying to commit to having a whole week with smiley faces. And we couldn't do it. We kept on that calendar. Seeing one frowny face next to the next frowny face next to their next frowny face, and it, 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 we had to do something that that um, gross, if you will, to, for us to have the wake up call. And then we're both so darn competitive and determined that we just kept determining to have at least one day in a month that there was no negativity, or one day in that week, and we we just. It took something that simple. It had, it was that kind of micromanagement of each other that eventually we retrained our brains. We retrained our, the look in our eye, the tone in our voice. Uh, we retrained how to ask for what we want until we now have day after day with smiley faces and we still do this every day. But it, it was hard work. We were very bad cases of two <laughs> negative people. And we were relentlessly um, irritating each other, and we have changed. And we feel like if we can do it, anybody can do it. Well, well, when Helen brought that calendar idea in, and she brought that, I have to give her credit for moving to structure and to discipline. When she brought that calendar idea in, I, I became really negative. <laughs> That's right. You said, I'm not going to do a smiley face. You've got to be kidding. Mark. And, and, and my kids put their stuff on a calendar, but but I finally could see that it would help us get feedback. The calendar became feedback about how negative we really were. And after a while, if that begins to impact you and 
and motivate the intentionality to get a smiley face up there. So I began to regulate and Helen began to regulate her own negative feelings and output and interactions until, but it took us about three months uh, to ever get uh, a consistent row of smiley faces. And we also didn't have a whole lot to talk about because <laughs> we, we discovered how, how insidious the negativity was. If we gave up negativity, we were just silent with each other. We, did, we had nothing to say. So yeah, for a long time we yeah, were we yeah. would, like, and then we figured out what you have to do after you after you surrender negativity, there's something else to do. Which is well, what we learned, what we tried was we would just try to go positive, you know, and give each other compliments. Right. But that didn't really work. Right. Uh, did that did that feel like here's the thing that people say about that. So let's chat let's chat for a second. Let's yeah. let's chat about why that doesn't work. If first of all, do any of us really mean it initially? And is part of the rub about it that folks then say, oh, my God, that's so unauthentic. That didn't feel real at all. And don't they get more insulted from that? It's like, please, don't even bother. Yeah, the the compliments didn't work. What Harville and I, uh, there, were, there, was, there were two things that we did that created the transformation. One is we decided to bring pleasure and fun into the relationship. Now, both Harville and I are fun impaired. We, we love to analyze things. We do not, we respond to someone else who's funny, but we don't create fun and joy to anybody. So we ended up getting joke books and we put them at our bedside table and we got Groucho Marx glasses and we would put on these, these, uh, glasses that have the nose and mustache and we actually practiced being funny with each other, and it was great. It unleashed whole new personalities in each other. Um, but the, the but then we added uh, also um, before going to bed, each of us expressed three appreciations, uh, three things that the person had done that day that we appreciated, and because it was concrete and specific about a behavior that had happened that day, it did feel authentic. It was real. Mm-hmm. And we realized that it was hard to find anything to, <laughs> to, to appreciate because that wasn't what we had been doing for years. And we, we tra- retrained our brains to notice the little things. Mm-hmm. And we go to bed just in a great place every night because we've, we give each other those three appreciations. Yeah. And let me add another thing that uh, that we began to work with that we found surprisingly was uh, restored connection. And we call it uh, curiosity. And it's a part of the dialogue process that we uh, teach couples and practice ourselves uh, with a phrase like if Helen is talking um, and whatever it may be about, uh, and especially if it's about a frustration, but whatever it's about, if I uh, do something rather, again, paradoxical and, and um, counterintuitive, which is to say, oh, is there, I mirror it back. And so let me see if I got that. Did I get it right? Then if I say, well, is there more about that? We call that the principle of curiosity. What happens then is I go to my cerebral cortex out of my emotional brain. And that's where there are no feelings and I can regulate the conversation. I also activate Helen to go up to her thinking brain. And so what we found was that curiosity moves us out of the negative feelings and also moves us into connection with each other. 
because we this this old experience of showing interest increases the sense of presence and increases the sense of safety. So that's a more uh, systematic thing to do. The other things that Helen mentioned are they, we I, I think of them as as rituals that we do every day, and this ritual. Um, dumps endorphins into our bloodstream because we're dealing with positive things and you actually feel better when you when you convert uh, you know your blood system from cortisol to endorphins from the fear chemical to the connectional chemical and so we just found as we experimented with that over probably uh, eight or nine months we experimented with all those things and finally found that that combination of curiosity of appreciations uh, and I'm blocking the the, the, the uh, curiosity and appreciation uh, and and humor pleasure, and laughter, pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> because the pleasure also is a fast way to change your blood chemistry. So it was a very profound and deep thing, and we finally put all that together into a system. Yeah, those those smiley faces. It sounds sort of silly, but it's really advanced neural regulation. Well, you know, they sound silly, but, you know, at some level, uh, we do get a little silly in, in you know, looking at what shows up in these relationships. I mean, you know, it's not that, you know, negativity shows up as silly, but when we take a look and step back and the light bulb goes on and says, oh, my gosh, did I really say that? Did I really do that? You know? The the thing that that happens is we get these aha moments, but now through your work, we also get the tools. Um, I wanted to take a minute to talk about uh, what it is that people can expect from you know what you both have put together in in this book, and what I mean by that is. I didn't know what to expect by engaging and entering in, uh, you know, the Imago therapy. I, I didn't know. But <clears throat> once I was through with uh, different phases of it, uh, there was such a sense of, oh, my gosh, uh, if I'd have only known that, you know, that one little thing changed the whole direction. Um, but sometimes, even with all of that, a relationship you know, it must go its course. So I wanted you to chat for a little bit about why this book and what about this latest body of work is so profoundly amazing and what can people expect? Okay. Um, well, I think that the uh, first thing that comes to my mind is that people can, uh, in terms of just getting some information, can get the idea that their marriage or their relationship with their married or not, if it's an intimate relationship, uh, is profoundly impacted by their childhood. And that that relieves a lot of couples from the sense of guilt about how bad the relationship is, how bad they are, uh, when they understand that probably 80% of the negative interactions uh, are, in fact, fed by memories from childhood that are triggered in the relationship. So it kind of takes the onus off of being just bad people, knowing we are a product of our history and that our history is showing up and becoming aware of that helps you then interact with that history in a positive way. Hello. A second thing is recognizing that incompatibility <clears throat> is the grounds for marriage, um, which actually is a chapter title in our book, Making Marriage Simple, that what, what, 
uh, the readers of that book will learn is that uh, relationship and marriage is about counterintuitive stuff. Like yeah. it's, it's the opposite of what we think. You think you um, have been drawn to and proposed to someone who's like you, who's compatible, and that never happens. You oh, you think it feels that way at first, but once you're married, we fall into what you were describing earlier, Doctor Pad, about who is this person? Yeah. So, so, so it's so, um, so there's a lot that's counterintuitive, and so we all end up in that moment where we go, oh no, look who I married, and so out of that, your job is to recognize. There's a difference between romantic love and real love. And romantic love is the fraudula of a relationship. It's the champagne and the first, the excitement of first getting to know someone. Real love is learning to love the jerk you're married to. Really love them and become their advocate and help them heal and grow. And that's when your own heart has a chance to expand and, and deepen. And, and that's what God put you on earth to do is become a loving person. And you get to do that with your partner. Yeah. And I think a, a third thing is that uh, the book uh, does what getting the love you want did and what the couples therapy does. It provides with people with the idea and with the tool of dialogue uh, that we're quite clear that um, that uh, most couples use what we call parallel monologue. That is both of them talk at or at each other or to each other, but not with each other. And so it's a kind of vertical relationship. And the put-down, the negative put-downs, arise in that conversation. So we uh, we want this book will help people understand that if you learn to have a safe conversation by using the dialogue structure of mirroring and validating and, being, and empathizing, and there's a chapter in Making Marriage Simple about that, then you can actually uh, grow the relationship. It becomes an in, uh, engagement and interaction. And you only grow in interaction with the, uh, uh, as you, it, it's like a tennis game. The, the better tennis player you play with, the better tennis player you become. So you need this interaction. You grow each other. Uh, and then I think the, the, uh, the fourth thing that I would put out is you get it that negativity uh, <clears throat> is, uh, is destructive. And that negativity has to go. You have to go to a zero negativity pledge to a commitment to end negativity and replace that with connectional transactions, fun, pleasure, uh, curiosity, and so forth, so that you create a safe environment. And I think this book, in a sort of short and pithy ways, helps couples get those four basic points, which if they get, we're quite convinced that if you get them and use them, that uh, you can have the relationship of your dreams. And and if you don't get the negativity out and learn how to talk so that you feel safe with each other, you're just not going to have it. Yeah, I mean, and this is really part of also understanding the energy of negativity. And I think that's that's why I was so thrilled that, that you both have included this in the book. Yeah. You know, because, you know, negativity is something we talk about and we see it from a behavioral point of view. But it's also something that we see um, that is, you know, connects people energetically. And yeah. so, you know, we don't see it as abusive and yet, it really is in so many ways from, really, yeah. It really is abusive. 
We think it's so abusive that it probably could be called the human problem. Mm. It shows up in couples in its own particular way, but it shows up between parents and children. It shows up between teachers and students. It shows up with between employers and employees. And, and obviously we see it in Congress, um, negativity everywhere. And we think it's so important that we are now in the phase of uh, developing a strategy for a, a global campaign of what we're calling uh, zero negativity, that everybody's relationship becomes a zone of zero negativity. And we think that's the only way we can ever move toward personal and interpersonal and global safety is that we have to face negativity down, that that's a human problem. It's, uh, it, we know it's the default mechanism of the brain, and we have to work toward helping the brain have a you know, or respond to that default mechanism or shift that so that essentially we could have great new civilization if we could regulate and eliminate negativity. Yeah, I, and I love this campaign. I, I think that it is, you know, one of the things that will make the most difference in the world because one of the things that we didn't learn in the movie of The Secret, but we learned because of the movie, this, you know, the movie in the book, The Secret, was yeah. that like attracts like. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there are so many things that you, that, that the three of us could talk about about this and, you know, that energy of attraction where we don't even know that our own negativity attracts more negativity. Right. And right. the only way to eliminate it is exactly what you said. Yep. Zero negativity. Zero. I agree with you completely. There's no margin whatsoever and it, it cannot be compromised. And so thank you so much for including the, the whole conversation about negativity in the book because it's not being talked about and it's not just about marriages. It's about all of our relationships, don't you think? Yeah. Yes. It's about all our relationships. And we've, we've been thinking about the campaign could be zero negativity marriage, zero negativity couple, zero negativity parenting, zero negativity schools, zero negativity businesses that if all of the negativity was drained out of our personal and social institutions, we would have a new civilization. And it's everywhere. It's like the ocean on yeah. which, in which humanity swims. Yeah, and we can now have a new phrase when we say, you know what, I'm going to my happy place. Thank you both for joining me. <laughs> Bring a new meaning to that term, folks. Thank you both for joining me. It's been Thank great. You. Oh. I can't believe the hour has gone so quickly. I hope you both will come back. Thank you so much for Thank all you. that we you are. Wow. For those of you tuning us in, turning us on, this is such an amazing conversation. Boy, I'll tell you, there's so much here. Making Marriage Simple with authors Dr. Harvel Hendricks and uh, Dr. Helen LaKelly Hunt. Thank you both again. Um, and uh, please come back. We'd love to. All right. We'll see you all next time on The Dr. Pat Show. Don't forget, go to thedrpatshow.com or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. And remember, one of the last things we talked about, say yes, say yes to zero negativity. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today for The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. 
The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. 